0: Hello friends! Welcome to the Doggy Discourse Podcast. My name is Mary Bell and I am your canine counselor. I'm here to help you understand what your dog is telling you just a little bit better. I'm a dog owner and lover who is fascinated by the world of communication, both canine and human. The purpose of this podcast is to help grow your relationship with your furry friends. We are changing the way the canine community views behavior. So, If you're ready to dive into what your furry family member is trying to tell you, join us for some doggy discourse. Hey, all! What's up? My name is Mary, and welcome back to Doggy Discourse. Jubilee says hi. (laughs) Jubilee say hi. Good job. Today, I want to talk about the use of words like aggression, territorial, uh, protective, in the dog space when we're describing a dog's behavior towards other beings whether that's dogs, cats, other humans, things like that. I find in um in many cases that people often use the word oh my dog is protective of me or my dog is protective of their toys or my dog is just territorial about their space or my house or me. And I think it's really important part of what doggy discourse is designed to do is to change the language of how we speak about our dogs, especially when they're exhibiting behaviors that are undesirable, right? So oftentimes when people use those words, they're actually describing a behavior called resource guarding. Resource guarding can come from many different sources uh, within the dog's overall um, world. Oftentimes you see it because of an insecurity, maybe because of fear, but it happens more often than people would like. And it's usually happening because they find value in something and are afraid that it will be lost or taken away from them and not given back. And I think that commonly people tend to feed into that behavior unknowingly, much like we talked about last week where we talked about uh, unintentionally reinforcing behaviors. Sometimes we as humans will unintentionally reinforce resource guarding, whether that's doing things like um, like taking a dog's bowl while they're eating. Uh, that's a myth or a poor training practice that has been perpetuated for a really long time. And that is something that can contribute to a dog resource guarding their food or toys or bones, anything that goes in their mouth. So let's talk about the causes for resource guarding, as defined by the Humane Society. The psychology behind resource guarding varies, but it is typically based in anxiety. So insecurity, anxiety, jealousy, all of these words get thrown around a lot sometimes with resource guarding, and um, all of them relate back to anxiety. Training can also be to blame. In misguided bids to assert dominance, some owners take a puppy's food or toy away just as the dog settles into enjoying it. The result? A dog who thinks that a human approaching the food bowl mid-meal or squeaky toy mid-squeak means the food or toy will disappear and will respond defensively. Although the behavior often occurs within adult dogs, resource guarding in puppies can happen as young dogs learn to navigate the world. And the article goes on to describe how to recognize resource guarding um, and this, the different signs. And it even gives you tips on how to stop food aggression and resource guarding uh, within within your dog. I haven't read the full article, but I will post it in the... In the... Uh, resources and comments below in the description and that way anybody who wants to check it out uh, and read it for themselves can. So aggression, territorial or aggressive, territorial, protective, um, resource guarding. I think it's really important to be very careful with how we use the word aggressive When we're describing a dog, oftentimes, and a a friend of mine actually had this happen, a one-off incident of maybe an aggressive outburst, maybe a reactive outburst, um, or something of the like, something similar, can cause a dog to be mislabeled and a friend of mine had this happen with their dog their dog was a young like within the first year adolescent puppy somewhere in there and they were at a family gathering the dog was settled and fined Uh, Aunt Sally Mae reached over the table near where the dog was sleeping. Dog immediately jumped up and bit Aunt Sally Mae and drew blood. And when my friend and their partner got the dog back to where they live, they took the dog to the vet. And on the enrollment questionnaire, it was, you know, has the dog ever bitten anyone? And they answered, honestly, because they're good humans. And so because he had, because he, the dog had bitten um, someone and drawn blood, the vet required the dog to be muzzled every time he came in to see them. And his owners started to notice That the vets were very standoffish with Apollo and very, like, very just, I don't know, uh, and weren't really helpful in helping the family find resources to help try and find what the trigger was in order to help Apollo work through the trigger and develop a better coping skill and after a while the veterinary staff started to notice that apollo was very well behaved at the vet um, his owners have done a wonderful job of training him to be the very best boy and aside from the incident with Sally Mae aunt Sally Mae and one of one of a completely different origin but similar outcome so two incidents where baby Apollo bit somebody. Outside of those two incidents, he never bit anyone, never showed aggression, never never had any other tendencies, right? So after a while, the vet staff start to kind of go, huh. Because he was fine. Every time they came in, no, you know, they were going, well, that's weird. You know, why is he... And so they went into the system and they realized that he had been marked as aggressive when he is, in fact, the exact opposite. He is a dog with a bite history. I'm not arguing that. But he had been marked in their system as aggressive due to these two different incidents where he was triggered and instead of... instead of being understanding and changing the opinion after meeting the dog, the veterinarian kept the dog labeled as aggressive. And there are suspicions on the owners and that that veterinarian didn't really like big dogs and he is a husky. So we understand that there are extenuating factors to that situation but the point I'm trying to make is he was labeled as aggressive when in fact he is not aggressive he has a bite history that after speaking with said friend and hearing the backstory on both bites there is a common denominator and there are some things that could be the triggering factor. Now, I wasn't there, I didn't witness, so I cannot, I can only go off of what the owners told me. And based on what they told me, I was like, you know, it could be X, Y, and Z. Maybe this holiday season, try A, B, and C. And so I think it's, so incredibly important how we label dogs and when we use the word aggressive because aggressive can and does get dogs killed. I started working with a rescue earlier this year and there was a beautiful beautiful little border collie and she was very clearly a border collie mixed with something else my suspicion was husky based on the coat and she had the dual heterochromia eyes where she had one blue eye and one brown eye and she was labeled as aggressive and was scheduled to be euthanized and the the rescue reached out shout out stacy hope rescue Rescue reached out over social medias. And shout out Alpine Canine for, um, for leading me to Stacey Hope because that's how those connect. And Stacy Hope posted that they needed, they had secured a board and train facility for her but needed transport. And I looked up how far it was from my house and I happened to be in a not-so-great place mentally, and so I was like, you know what? I, I just need to do this. I need to help. I can't help myself right now, and I need to help somebody else. So um, the shelter would not release the dog without a crate because she had been labeled aggressive, so I had to go find a crate, which was fun. And after couple hours of back and forth between a couple of people who were selling crates and the, um, the woman who coordinates Stacy Hope. We were on and kicking and ready to go. And so off I went to the shelter, which wasn't far from my house. And I picked up this dog and I, you know, presented the paperwork that I needed and I signed the paperwork that they had and, um, and they wouldn't even let me see the dog. They were like, "Well, where's your crate?" And then I gave it to the kennel techs, and they said, "They'll, we'll handle it. We'll bring her out." And I said, "Okay, that's kind of odd, but all right, sure." Um, they wouldn't let me see her before they put her in the crate. Just was like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this. We will put her in the crate. We will load her in your car. You just stay out of the way. And so she was like 30-ish pounds. She was a medium-sized dog, a little smaller than Jubilee. And um, they brought her out on a cart in the crate. And she was at the very back of the kennel, cowering in fear. She wasn't barking. She wasn't lunging. She wasn't growling. She wasn't snapping. She was not showing any signs of aggression. She was showing a lot of signs of fear. And she remained in that spot until they picked up the crate to put it in my car. And at that point, she started kind of like wiggling around because she's like, what's going on? Things are moving and I said to the animal control officer, I said, it's really interesting. Um, I was told she was labeled as aggressive, and he goes, oh, no, she's not really aggressive. She's just scared. Are you kidding? You just admitted to me that you know she's not aggressive. Are you kidding me? You were going to kill this dog. I I was floored when this happened. And I was so angry and so shocked and so heartbroken. Because what made it worse, Highstorm, what made it worse was... When I got to the Borden train who was out in the Palm Springs area, he had talked about, he's a dog trainer, and he had talked about how he had worked with animal control for a while. And he said, you know, sometimes somebody will come in, an animal control officer will come in, and they'll just be having a bad day. And they will slap 10 dogs with euthanasia tags just because they're pissed off and need somebody to take it out on. And the amount of rage that that fueled in my heart. Hi, I know. I'm getting worked up, huh? You should have been an emotional support dog, yeah. The amount of rage that that fueled in my heart. Was staggering. I knew that the shelter system in America was messed up, but I didn't know it was that messed up. And there's a lot of things in this country that I don't agree with. But dogs are the best, one of the best parts of life, in my opinion, and the fact that somebody could be so angry and cruel to kill off dogs just for existing because they're mad at the world is something that I will never understand, and it is sickening, absolutely sickening. So... When I say that we need to be careful about the the terms that we use, that's what I mean. Um, I am one hundred percent for calling an aggressive dog an aggressive dog because aggressive dogs do exist. I'm not arguing that they don't exist or that that term shouldn't be used. I think it should be used appropriately though, and there are a lot of dogs who aren't aggressive that get labeled as aggressive, and it either ends their life or makes their life significantly harder because of the stereotype around that label. And the stereotype is 100% fair. However, again, we should not be labeling dogs that are not aggressive as aggressive because that makes it harder for them to get what they need and in some cases potentially kills them. So this week on my Reddit scrolling, um, I I found actually a couple posts. One owner was much more receptive than the other. Um, this is on r sla- uh, slash open dog training. So if you are curious about it and you want to go find it. Um, this is an owner that I had a full conversation with about her dog, um, and she seems really lovely, so um, I'm hopeful that, that they'll make the progress that they're hoping to make, but here it goes. Aggression and, terito- and Territorial is the title. My dog is about a year old, but we believe they're younger. I think she means that they were told she's about a year old, but she she thinks that sh- the dog is younger. I think. I think that's what that means. She's an only dog for right now, but we fostered another female dog that's older a couple weeks ago. My dog has been super territorial with toys, her owners, and especially food. So there's the there's the word territorial. <laughs> Which is better than aggressive, in my opinion. Uh, We try to mediate this by giving affection to both dogs equally for the attention aspect. We crate them individually so they both get chews and there's no crossing between them. Anytime the other dog plays with a communal toy in the toy basket, my dog gets very jealous. Even if they're toys she doesn't like, she just wants to take them away from the other dog so that they can't get to them. The other dog respects her boundaries, but my dog doesn't. She'll try to get into her crate, steal her toys and shoes, especially that we set aside, especially for the other dog. My dog does great in every aspect with other dogs, except when they are entering her home. We're just not sure how to manage this jealousy. We don't have the foster dog anymore because they ended up getting into a bad fight and drew blood. My guess is it's because it's another female dog. But even when we had a boy puppy, she was doing the the exact same bullying tactics. We worry her being an only dog will hurt her social development and reinforce jealous behavior when there's other animals around. But having two dogs seems not to be going well with her. We already have a trainer, but we're still doing basic training with her. And that is the end of the original post. So, uh, when I found it, I was the first person to comment, and I said, what you're describing is commonly referred to as resource guarding, which can lead to aggression if not managed properly. Uh, It is a learned behavior, so while it can be tough to manage, it can be unlearned in most cases. Since you mentioned having a trainer already, I would consult with them and see what they have to say. Developmentally speaking, dogs don't need other dogs in a home. A dog's socialization period happens between three and five weeks of age, and anything that happens uh, after that, while it is a learning experience, will take a lot longer for the dog to process and is less likely to stick. So what may be best for her and your family is that she's the only dog in her home. Something that I would recommend depending on how long you've had her and what you know about her background is checking with your vet to rule out neurological issues causing the resource guarding and aggression. Hope this, hope this helps OP. Now you'll notice that I did use the word aggression because the dog did injure another dog over toys. I believe. I believe it was toys. Oh she doesn't say. <coughs> but she does say that They don't have the foster dog anymore because they got into a fight and drew blood. So we talked about aggression a while back on um, Heart of the Dog when this podcast was Heart of the Dog. And if you are a new listener and have not heard that episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. Because we kind of define the outline of aggression versus reactivity. uh, Since they look very the same. And so aggression, as a reminder is the intent to hurt or kill another being, regardless of motivation. So aggression is the intent to hurt or kill another living being, whether that's another dog, a squirrel, a cat, a human, etc. So OP comments back. Thank you. Our trainer actually thinks she might have some neurological problems. Dealing with her inability to regulate her emotions, such as excitement or stress. She's on a low dose of medicine to help her adjust to crate training, but nothing regular. She does great outside the home, but we are just not sure how to unteach resource guarding with just one dog. We want to get more pets in the future, but training this out of her is our number one priority. She has never been aggressive towards people, I'm guessing her growing up in an open farm type rescue taught her to be on guard with anything she perceives as hers which is a really good observation that OP made because if um if her dog you know spent a good amount of her formative years in an open farm type environment where they you know were monitored but not really managed especially being a young young dog it's highly possible that she learned that she had to, you know, resource guard anything she deemed valuable because the other dogs might have similarly had poor behavior when it came to sharing resources. So I responded to her, and I said, that definitely could be it. Uh, check with your vet to rule out any neurological issues. If she has trouble self-regulating her strong emotions, it could be something that can be worked on and, but will take time. Uh, it could also be a breed trait. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old Doberman Aussie Border Collie Kelpie mix. She gets overstimulated by everything. Food, attention, toys, you name it, and she will lose her mind over it. I have had her since she was 12 weeks, and it has been a slow process to get her to the point where she can somewhat regulate herself when she gets excited. And for those of you... <laughs> Unaware, this is said dog (laughs) sitting with me on the couch. Um, Jubilee has a really hard time regulating excitement and stress. um, Which could be a neurological issue, but is likely from how many high-strung breeds she is. Um, She's just very, very excitable. Um, her brother is the same way, so I'm more inclined to think that it's a breed, breeding thing than it is uh, anything else. Um, so OP responds, I have a Catalua leopard hound. I don't think she was properly socialized growing up, which probably didn't help her development. We socialize her now, but seeing as she's a young adult, it's a lot harder, especially since she can't calm down properly. What are some things you did to help her manage herself? When my dog gets upset, especially in her crate, she often, uh, she'll often she often be so upset that she will self-harm and rip out her nails. So that indicates a really high level of anxiety. And again, as we talked about, resource guarding comes from anxiety. Um, and so I responded, I was like, I want to ask some questions before I give you advice. How long have you had her? What are your current training methods slash goals? Um, do you know anything about her background from before you got her? I.e., was she abused, abandoned, etc.? OP responded very promptly and said, We've had her about five months. Um, current training is three sessions of 15 to 20 minutes long at home. Um 45-minute session with our private trainer socialization classes on Sundays our goal is to have a well-rounded well, well dog wow I cannot say that today apparently um, we wanted we want to walk her well on leash not jump on strangers and create the ability to calm down she is a scent hound so we do scent training with her on the side puzzles for fun and, pra- uh, and practice for her genetics Uh, She's very structured day to day, including crate time when people are eating after she's done eating so she can digest structured bathroom breaks every two hours. Uh, We've recently been giving her frozen lick mats for dinner so she can use her brain more. Our idea is if we can exhaust her mentally, she'll be able to calm down more, which isn't uh, the worst idea for sure uh and then her last point was as far as we know she was abused by the past person slash dog she's covered in scars that seem to be bite marks she's very sensitive to people petting her head and moves away we adopted her from an open farm style setting the dogs had a large area to kind of run around in and play in i believe they were kenneled at night when we got her she wasn't even really potty trained at almost a year old Thank you, Storm. (laughs) When we got her, she wasn't even uh, potty trained at almost a year old. So we've been working from the ground up. And so, with all of that information, I commented back a novel and I said, okay, it sounds like y'all are on the right track. Structured day sounds really good. Props to you and the fam for creating some stability that sounds like she really needed. Some things to keep in mind with her background. However long the traumatic experience lasted, it will take at least that time or longer to rebuild what she lost to those experiences. Equally important to keep in mind with her is that since your relationship with her is new and she wasn't set up for success at the start, it will take a good amount of time for her to gain confidence and trust in you and your family. Jubilee, my Border Collie Kelpie mix, (laughs) was neglected by her first family for the month that they had her, and it took me months, literal months, to get her to the point where she understood I wasn't going to let her down or give up on her like her previous family had. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pause and elaborate on that. So when I got Jubilee, she was twelve month, uh 12 weeks old, three months, and I got her with very little background information, all I knew was that um, she was um, Oliver's sister. Oliver is one of Alpine Canine's dogs. And and I knew that she had essentially been abandoned (laughs) and that she was supposed to be a Doberman-Australian-Shepherd mix. And that's it. (laughs) And um, the story that I got was that a friend of Alpine Canines had agreed to puppy sit for the weekend while the family went away. And when said friend tried to get a hold of the owner's, they ignored her, didn't answer her, and um and so finally they were like, well, she's been abandoned, I guess, and posted on social media that she needed a new home. So I picked Jubilee up with uh one of my college best friends and um and we drove over an hour to get her. She was about an hour away from where I lived. And she cried the, almost the entire car ride until she fell asleep finally in my arms. And then as time went on, some behaviors started to pop up that told me a little more about her story. Um, When I first got her, she could not be crated without screaming her head off. She would literally, quite literally, scream, howl, cry, whatever you want to call it, as if she was being skinned alive if you put her in her crate. And it took me months to recondition that behavior with a variety of tactics. I did crate games. I also used... Um, a sonic deterrent because I lived in a very small apartment building and I didn't want noise complaints. And I did not use the sonic bark deterrent a ton, but I did use it enough for her to get the idea that like, Hey, <laughs> don't do that. Um, I, also found out that she could not ride in a car without screaming her little head off like she was being skinned alive. And it was, looking back on it, it was very sad, but it was also very stressful because, you know, you're trying to drive a car and there's a dog in your backseat going... (coughs) The whole way, at the top of her lungs. And anybody who knows Jubilee like, in person, knows how loud she is just when she barks. <laughs> like, she's got a big bark for a tiny little lady. And um, and so when she was a puppy, <coughs> it was loud, and it was high-pitched, and it hurt. But she would, I mean, she screamed in the car anytime we went anywhere for the first month and a half or two, because every time she had been in a car... During her formative years, she, or her formative months, she was being taken from the only family that she knew. So, she, of course, she was screaming at the top of her lungs. She thought I was taking her somewhere to abandon her. Like, she genuinely, or take, you know, pulling her away. She loved Storm from the get-go. Her and Storm were besties. And she loved Storm with all of her heart way before she ever loved me. And I thought, well, maybe if I put Storm in the car, and that kind of helped a little bit, but not much. <laughs> like There was still a lot of work to be done there. Um, she would bark at 6 o'clock in the morning if you didn't feed her. There was There was just a lot of behaviors that showed me that she didn't have a ton of structure and care in her previous home. On Jubilee's first day with us, um, I let her and Storm play for, like, a little over an hour. And all of a sudden I noticed her demeanor change, which at the time was should have been, like, a duh moment. But um, I noticed very quickly that Jubilee started to go from, like, play fighting to, like, I'm mad at you now behavior. And so I created her, and she slept for, like, th- three and a half hours. She just was, like, done, out for the count. And I realized very quickly that she... I had accidentally overstimulated her and created that, that problem. And so from then on, I was very careful, while she was still acclimating to the family, about how much time they spent playing, making sure that she got some structured breaks in there. And... um and it was a lot of work to restructure just one month of damage done to her. Um, and so I can only imagine how how much work is left for this OP and her family who have, you know, probably a year of bad behavior and, and different things to to correct and, and re revisit. So I go on to tell her that, um, some of the ways that I helped, uh, Jubilee learn how to manage her excitement, um, things like no free treats. My dogs, both my dogs have to work for their treats. Um, when she was really little, I would carry a treat bag around or open it, shake it, um, just so that she got less excited. Like she got exposure to it without the association of, Oh, this means I'm getting a treat. Um, when we play fetch, I run her through obedience commands so that she has to focus on me and understands that the ball comes from me and not the cat, the chuck it. When we're outside, I limit her actions with people and dogs because she's super excitable with affection and, and interactions. Um... And then I go on to say, uh, a lot of managing overstimulation is knowing a dog's triggers and teaching them that your relationship is more important than the triggers. So while I know you want her to be socialized and well-rounded, if other dogs and people are too big of a stimulant, you might want to reconsider exposing her to those until your relationship is more matured. I hope that all made sense. Please let me know if you need or want any clarification on anything. And that was the end of our conversation um really 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 good um conversation uh on the flip side <laughs> uh there is a conversation happening in another thread um oh looks like that person just responded to my comment um Uh, Op says dog park being overprotect uh, dog being overprotected of me when in a dog park. Um, and they say my puppy uh, has started snarling and biting at dogs uh, at the dog park. This is a new behavior and only happens when I'm treating my dog and another dog comes near. She is small, and the other dogs are not correcting her. Um, She plays with all dogs well and doesn't exhibit this behavior at any other time. How do I go about correcting this? Um, So a lot of people commented on this before I got to it. And a lot of people had really um, valuable things to add to the conversation. Top comment is she's probably resource guarding not being protective. Uh, I'd be very alert for signs of this happening everywhere else Uh, especially if you have kids in the home it's much easier to prevent it than it is to fix it and as others have said don't go to the dog park (laughs) um op has exhibited to almost all other comments mentioning not to not go to the dog park uh that they are not interested in that solution (laughs) And there's a lot of other comments that talk about like, okay, don't bring dogs to a dog park or don't, don't bring dog treats to the dog park ever. Um, And um, talks about later on in their comment talks about um, dog parks are, they think that dog parks are vectors of disease and injury, um, which is fair um and they go on to say that there are now a few private members only dog parks where each dog is carefully screened um but they don't know enough about that to recommend those options um but overall they were like you know don't bring treats to a dog park and really don't use your don't use a dog park um Somebody, yeah, there's a lot of, like, don't bring your dog to the dog park. Um, To which OP answers very sarcastically. Um, And there's a couple of people who are like, you should seek professional help. This is, you know, concerning. Um, Somebody asked for more info. How old is your puppy? How long have you had it? And that's the comment I replied to because uh OP commented back and said, Three and a half months. I've had her for a month and a half. This is the all uh this is the second time I've seen the behavior. Only happens at the park with other dogs. Has not happened until yesterday. Uh she is responsive to all commands thus far. I'm just not sure how to address the behavior without another dog to draw the behavior so it can be addressed. My response. Um Resource guarding shows some weak points in your, in the structure of your relationship with your pup. Uh, it's highly possible she's resource guarding because she's insecure in your relationship around other dogs. Uh, you seem unhappy with the comments suggesting that you stop taking her to the dog park. What benefits do you... Uh, what do you feel benefits your dog being at the dog park? Three and a half months is very young. And uh, and to be seeing resource guarding from a dog that young is concerning. If you're concerned about socialization, then you need to speak with a trainer about the best ways to socialize because dog parks are actually a very dangerous place to socialize your dog. In addition to that, the socialization period for a puppy is three to five weeks, so if she wasn't socialized at the at that developmental stage with her littermates and mom, then chances are uh, that could be part of what's going on. Like many of the other commenters said, not taking your pup to the dog park is the easiest solution. Please find a good trainer near you who can help you with this. Uh, And I thought I saw a notification that they had responded but now I don't see one. Weird. Oh no, there it is, okay. OP says, benefit to me is an enclosed area where I can reliably call my dog back and take her somewhere where she can run freely and chase a frisbee. The simple suggestion of not going to the dog park is surface level and isn't what I wanted. If I only wanted this, (laughs) if I only do this, how does this teach the dog the wanted behavior? She does great in all situations. Happy puppy. Heals all right. Recalls great. Sits, lays, waits for fetch uh, sits, lays, waits, fetches, and drops reliably, learns well. I was hoping for comments of, uh, more substance and guidance like yours. Oh, okay. So OP just sounds like they're very frustrated with the situation and the behavior. And I can understand that as somebody who has a couple of high energy dogs, um, lives in an apartment space like wanting somewhere safe for the dog to um to run free I'll probably respond to OP um with a little more um with a little more information um because they they do seem to be genuinely seeking help and I can understand, like, you know, wanting wanting assistance and guidance and getting, um, you know, <laughs> don't take your dog to the dog park, uh, which is a fair response. But I can understand from Opie's point of view why that would be frustrating. So I think my overall message for the day is... Please, please, please do not use aggressive as a term to label your dog or another person's dog unless that dog is, in fact, aggressive. You know, unless that dog is actually showing signs of aggression or is aggressive, like has been labeled aggressive by a behaviorist, what have you. Let's please, please, please stop using the word aggressive or aggression uh, out of context. And let's also work on changing the language around resource guarding to, to actually call it what it is, which is resource guarding. Um, specificity of language is important. And I think that calling resource guarding resource guarding and... And publicly making that a, a commonly used term instead of saying, oh, my dog is protective of me or territorial of me, is going to help more dogs in the long run. And I could do a whole other podcast episode on um, the language of protective um, and protection, and, um, but I won't, I won't go into that. That will be another topic for another day. Um, if you have any sort of questions, please put them below in the comments. Uh, give us a, if you're listening on Apple podcasts or Google podcasts or Spotify, give us a good review so that we can reach more people. If you're here on YouTube, please like, and subscribe, and I will see you all next time.